in season three of Star Trek Discovery. And th- and I don't see this as woke. I see this as just representation when Adira comes out as non-binary. Yeah. Um, in to to Stamets and Culver, you know, and and they just off the bat just get it, mm-hmm. you know. And like I was like, because I remember wishing for that affirmation for myself as well and like then hearing the story that actually the actor blue del barrio had not long come out recently had come out in real life Mm -hmm. and actually they played that into the script as that they just come out as really as non-binary in real life but they put it in the script with the consent of blue del barrio and along with they were advisors by glad with glad the charity glad in the united states Mm-hmm. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And I don't see that as woke. I see that as acceptance and representation. Okay, we're back. Once again, way longer than anticipated. Look, I know I could give you all excuses for where these episodes have been, but I'll just say I am sorry for the delay, but I hope it will be worth it. I'm Brennan T. McClure, and I'm excited to once again be your guide through this journey. There will be a big update about what has transpired since the last episode, but as always, this section is for introducing my awesome guest to you all. So first... I want to shout out Al Larson from the Movies That Move Us podcast, uh, my guest from the last episode, episode 10. Uh, that was a fun chat, and I hope we can get together uh, when things settle down. I know I've been uh, invited onto your podcast. I'd love to do it if you're listening to this. Um, so uh, uh, when things settle down, I will. I promise to reach out to you. Let me get this out of the way. So before I introduce this week's guest, I just want to remind everyone to rate this show on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter. The link is in the description. You can also follow us at Fickner Podcast on Instagram, where we upload updates for all the shows in our little family. Uh, If you'd like to reach me at this show for anything, please reach out to me through my socials or email at conversation pod at gmail.com my own personal socials are bt mcclure i don't actually know if i've ever said that on here they should be linked all right so without further ado it's time i introduce kit marie rackley the host of the uh, coffee and geography podcast which is uh, as they describe uh pretty different from what americans would describe as geography we get into that at the beginning of the episode uh so their podcast is pretty hefty it's a it uh tackles a lot of things um but it's very good uh and i'm actually just going to let them explain uh what they do on their podcast because uh i will do a terrible job doing it um and uh it would be better if i if 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 it came from them rather than me but they are uh an ex-geography teacher um very uh, uh learned person uh, a scholar an author uh and uh, and as they describe uh a sci-fi nerd uh and geek um once again uh this was a great discussion i really loved talking to them and i i really hope you guys will enjoy this one just kind of up top let me just tell you guys we get into uh quite a few topics here um 
this was before Star Trek Picard had aired its third season again, so that should tell you how long I've been sitting on this podcast. God, probably almost a year now since I recorded this episode. Sorry, kid. I'm really sorry this took so long. Um, there's a fair bit of political talk here uh, because she mentions uh, how the world is, uh, quote, sleepwalking to the right. And uh, I just had to get into that because that was such an interesting comment. And we so there's a fair bit of political talk here uh, and also how American pop culture kind of like infects the world. Not really infects it like a bad way, but how it like so pervasive in the world. Um, there's a lot of talk about that. That's actually one of my favorite topics I have had uh, the pleasure of doing on this on this on this thing. Um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed my discussion with them. Um, there's a few other things. Uh, but those are kind of like the important things that I wanted you guys to be aware of because this is exciting. I'm excited for this one. Okay, well, that's all I nearly need to tell you guys up top. Um, so, you know, hey, stay tuned to the end of the podcast. I'm going to do a big like info dump about some of the things that are coming up uh, and what's been going on. Um, but you're not here for that. You're here for her. You're here for Kit Marie Rackley from the, from, uh, the Coffee and Geography podcast. So uh, without further ado, uh, here they are. Okay, I am here with Kit Marie Rackley from the Coffee and Geography podcast. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thank you Good. for joining. Thank you for, I say, see, the habit, die hard. See, I'm usually the host. Thank you for joining me, Brandon. Well, that's okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to be podcast. here. <laughs> um, well, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, well, where do I start? So, yeah, I uh, my pronouns are they, them, or she, her. Um mm-hmm. Don't let the voice fool you. It's very deep for who I really am. <laughs> um, and I used to be actually an ex-geography high school teacher, hence the reason why I do uh, coffee and geography as a, as a podcast. But here in the United Kingdom, um, you folks over in there, because my family's half American, so I know I have to keep explaining to folks over on that side of the pond that geography over here is very broader. It's not just where things are on a map. You know, it's everything to do with the way the world works, both physically and human and how those all those things interact. So basically what you folks over there call like natural sciences, social sciences, humanities, we all bung into geography over here. So yeah. I taught that high school for 13 years. Um, but now I kind of freelance, uh, as an educator, as a teacher trainer, I'm an author. I've, I've done some work with like national geographic and stuff like that. But the most important part of my identity, Brandon, is I'm an absolute sci-fi geek and nerd. Absolutely Good. love it. Yeah. That's, that's what we're here to find out. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> do you do anything with that? Because if this is coffee and geography, do you bring in your sci-fi nerdisms to it? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a couple of times where I've brought in folks from the sci-fi kind of nerd, um, fandom area into my podcast and like, Kit, why do you want me? I know nothing about geography. I was like, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point. So one episode I actually had the wonderful, beautiful, magnificent, uh, Sean Ferrick, uh, from Trek Culture. Oh, I love it. Uh, Sean is an absolute diamond. And um, so he came on the podcast and uh, we've become over the internet pretty good friends. And um, and yeah, and we managed to play um, a sort of game where we would pick out random geographical features in the Trek universe. Mm-hmm. And like he would have to guess like what planet it was from or what episode it was from and stuff like that. And so we were bringing the joke. And then on, um, and then on, uh, Andy Plasty's uh, Great Derelicts podcast. We've done so many episodes mixing geography and sci-fi together. So we did an episode about climate change uh, fiction, 
um, or cli-fi. We did uh, about decolonial decolonialism and colonialism in sci-fi. So, of course, that's a very big ge geography and history kind of narrative at the moment on both sides of the pond. Um, so, yeah, well, wh wherever I can merge the two, Brandon, I'm there. I'm that's there really at the cool. crux, right in the middle. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, why don't we start? Why don't we start with your sci-fi fandom? Because um, I'm actually really curious about the geog about about the geography thing, mm. but um, I want to I want to kind of stick with with sci-fi for a moment. Yep. Um, when you were a kid, uh, you know, how did you get into sci-fi and fantasy, and or if you are into fantasy, I mean, just lump them yep. into one thing. Yep. Uh, okay. This is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've always loved space and sure. stuff like that. My first project, uh, my real project, I really took a lot of pride in when I when I was in year thirteen, so second grade. I was in second grade, uh, yeah, so year three, sorry, second grade, and I did um, a big poster book about space and the solar system and stuff like that and i did page about mercury page about venus page about earth a pay and then a, a double spread about the uh, the apollo moon landings and then the very last page wasn't like another fact about the solar system or something like that it was about the enterprise d <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> um mixing up the enterprise d and nasa's spatial it was just like them like picture of them two meeting in space Mm -hmm. so um so yeah so that was obviously i was pretty that was not long after the, the um star trek the next generation to come out because that was in 1987 i believe mm -hmm. so um so yes yeah, so that was roughly about the same time so i was really so it was the next generation that really got me into it of course i i as every kid at that age had seen this old star wars and stuff like that but really that really got me into it like in deep was and I, I know it's not as it's it's niche over in the united states but over here in the united kingdom it's cult and mm -hmm. that is thunderbirds jerry anderson's thunderbirds i've um, heard of thunderbirds yeah. oh yeah so if for those of you folks who don't know what thunderbirds are it's what it's what jerry anderson coined super marionation basically puppet on strings but um filmed with pyrotechnics there were solenoids to make the mouths move at the exact same time that the actors were talking the voice actors were talking big budget explosions you know um just oh folks if you're if well if you're listening to this podcast right because uh, you're that kind of fandom if you don't go and look up thunderbirds after this what are you doing listening to brandon seriously so um i won't even i'm not even going to try to describe it it's it's an experience but yeah. it's a show from the 1960s so my dad got me into it when it had a, a rebirth in 19. Well, it came back on the screens, was remastered a little and came back on the screens over here in the United Kingdom in the 1990s, which is when I got into it. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad took me to the movies to watch Thunderbirds Are Go when it came back into the movies. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then after that, it's like anything. This is like, this is my bag. I love it. And, uh, and that's it from then on. It's. I've not really looked back in terms of anything to do with sci-fi. Really, um, the Thunderbirds not not very popular in in in, in mm -hmm. the states, but I, I've I've it's kind of come up in my circles. Like every now and then, yeah. someone will bring it up. Hey, you remember Thunderbirds? And I'm like, no, but what is that? Um, well, giving very... them giving Andy Andy Plastis in the Great Derelict podcast a shout. Um, so we actually did a special episode on Thunderbirds, and uh, oh. It pains me to say I can't remember the co-guest's name, but he actually worked with the maker, Jerry Anderson, a few oh, times, wow. uh, which is absolutely fantastic. And folks, I really do strong, strongly recommend because 
a listen on that and then you'll get a complete immersive experience put it this way right so for the thunderbird craft to launch off from tracy island now these are giant models giant models with pyrotechnics built in grandiose uh big band music um you know the music the, the barry gray theme music is very iconic over here so for one of the tracy brothers so for virgil tracy to go down the secret chute get into thunderbird 2 for thunderbird 2 to roll out of the hangar this big behemoth of a carrier come up to its ramp get raised on its ramp and to launch off into you know to go with its rescue i think we worked out took almost that sequence took about two and a half to three minutes you know and that because in those days you could do that yeah you know you could have three minutes of a ship launching (laughs) it's Um, called ship porn we love it exactly yeah shit yeah. porn um but i just loved it i loved it and i wonder if my dad when because i was very hyperactive i've got adhd and stuff like that and but it was one of the few things which actually would sit me still interesting um i'm really curious about uh, i really uh, here's the thing i love this i i love i love you talking about thunderbirds i think that's i think that's wonderful um i I'm always so interested in the difference between popular culture within countries because mm. so often being in America, we kind of get into our own little bubble. Like obviously pop culture is just culture. Everybody loves our things. Um, every We we make Star Trek. Everybody loves Star Trek. We make the Marvel movies. Everybody loves the Marvel movies. Like <laughs> So we could get really insular and not really think about what could possibly be so popular in different countries however now and then something like doctor who would come over to the states and that would become really popular but thunderbirds is such an interesting thing like you're talking about like it's it's a really popular property over there but here it's nothing yeah well it's fascinating well, I'll give you an example. I've so one of the schools I work at at the moment, I, I park my car a little bit far from my school so I can go for a walk. And on this walk, no word of a liar. And again, if you know Thunderbirds, you'll get this reference, folks. But if you don't get this reference, you'll understand how much of a cult it is over here. So I, I walk in this, this effectively, it's a very small rural town in, in Norfolk in the east of England. So the middle of nowhere, really. Uh, I'm trying to think of the equivalent of, you know, probably probably a town in the in the Dakotas, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm walking I walk past this house every time I go to this school, and in the driveway is a is a bright pink car. Uh, not exactly the same car that's in Thunderbirds, but it's a bright pink car, and the license plate or the number plate says TB04 FAB. Now, if you know what Thunderbirds is, folks, you know exactly what that's referring. So uh, FAB um, stands for, well, we, no one knows what it stands for. That's part of the in-joke. Mm-hmm. But it's what it's what the Tracy brothers say when they've acknowledged a transmission or they understand a, an order. So they go um, FAB father, FAB Jeff, FAB Scott. So this car and this the bright pink is the exact same color of their London agent Lady Penelope's car, Fab One. So this person is clearly a cult follower of Thunderbirds because they've got a bright pink car. They don't make cars in that color, right? Yeah. So they've 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 colored it that color, and the license plate. I mean, I know it's quite easy to get your personalized plates over in the states. Here, it's a little bit trickier, but mm-hmm. you can do it. And it's TB for Thunderbirds. I'm not quite sure what the zero four reference is. Maybe their favorite Thunderbird is Thunderbird four. I'm not sure, but <laughs> so why is the car not bright yellow? But anyway, uh, TB four um, Fab, and I'm like. This is in like this rural nowhere town. Like yeah. this is just 
crazy. Love it. Well, what's so fascinating to me is that that's like the equivalent of walking by someone's house and seeing a DeLorean back <laughs> yes. to the future, right? That's that's right. what you're explaining to me. Um, I I find that so interesting. I love that. Um, this reminds me a couple of episodes ago we talked about. Um, Right. Well, the, in the first season, we t- I talked to a gentleman called Michael Tanner, really nice guy, um, and we uh, we talked about his fandom being tiki cups, tiki mugs. Okay, and like that was his like thing. He loves tiki mugs. He buys like geek tiki's, geeky tiki's they're called. Um, and there's like this whole community around tiki's. And so like, what I love about doing the show is learning about these types of things, or these fandoms that even I don't know about. Uh, like Tiki and now Thunderbirds and that's not necessarily the same thing because Thunderbirds <laughs> is a sci-fi show, but still like really interesting. I love, I love hearing about stuff like this. Yeah. And I've got, I've got models and stuff all over the place. I've got uh, a big, I don't want to get it down. Cause actually my, my kids have, oh, I've had that since I was, a, since I was a kid. So I've had it for about 35 years. Uh, there's a big Thunderbird two up there, but it's a bit fragile at the moment. And I've, I've got all these uh, die cast ones. So I'm just showing Brandon and everybody my Thunderbird oh, three. So that's yeah. Thunderbird 3, the spaceship. So that does all the space rescues. That's cool. Um, and I had I had a, model, a little um, toy of Virgil Tracy who pilots Thunderbird 2, the big the big carrier, but I think one of the kids have nicked it. So, mm. um, yeah. As they, as they would. <laughs> they will. You leave anything like that lying about, you don't see it again, and you do find it later on with its head taken off. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go off off script a little bit and ask you. Like, I'm curious. Like, what do you think about that kind of disconnect between between the two between two countries' fandoms of like you know that kind of insular nature that I talked about that America can have mm. versus what versus what you're talking about with like there's this really popular show that we're not familiar with. It's well, it's it's like you just said. I mean, the industry in the United States is just it's just massive. You know, it's it is so overwhelmingly massive and it saturates everything over there that it doesn't allow things to come in, uh, which is why I think like the, the the now the more modern movement to kind of bring in actual cultural influences from outside the United States is now starting to take off. Yeah. So you say, you know, going into the realm of fantasy, as you mentioned earlier, you think about what Marvel has been doing recently, where they're really now tr- actually making a concerted effort to actually, you know, represent other cultures around the world, you know, more accurately within their movies. You know, Black Panther is is a prime example of, of mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, um, oh, the, the one with the rings as well. I can't remember what it was called. Shang-Chi. The, Shang-Chi and Shang, you know, so they're doing a great, great job with that. But still, it's still very Western led. It's still very United States led. You know, it's Hollywood. It would be so, so good if if actually you had, you know, something from Bollywood or Mollywood over there, you know, Mollywood or Nollywood, which is Nigeria and all that in Eastern mm-hmm. Africa. You know, if that was to hit the big screens over in the United States or something like that. So yeah, there is a really big disconnect. And I think that it really does. And I'm sorry to go all geography teacher on everybody okay. now, but but it, it it's a shame because through through popular culture, through these kind of immersive experiences, big budget experiences, people do frame their worldviews. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's no surprise that when we have, you know, things with very strong moral stories or. Uh, particularly with you know like the new the new Star Trek stuff out at the moment, which is very very. It can, is a very strong narrative of what's going on, the way that the world seems to be sleepwalking towards the right and it's trying to pull that back to the left. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because they know they can have a very strong influence. And spoiler alert, 
spoiler alert everybody for discovery season four if you've not seen it at the very end of discovery season four they had that certain politician on didn't yeah. they yeah, um was who was president of earth yeah if that's <laughs> you know, so, um yeah so it's but it's still it yeah i think i think that really does spell the, what you said about the disconnect is that for me as a geographer you know there's so much richness and culture out there and, and that's what i try to do with my geography, uh, coffee and geography podcasts i try and speak to people who deliberately you know delivery speaks to people who don't have the same experience as me or I don't have the same experience as them because I want I want my worldview challenged I want to be de-westernized I want to be global citizen yeah. and I think that the film industry needs to do that and the American film industry in particular because the whole world is our consumers of American culture you know yeah I think you, you brought up a couple of things I want to bring up um with in that one of the things that you said was that america is now trying to bring in that kind of outside influence um and you know you can you kind of see it happen with a movie like i don't know if you ever saw and i don't mind i i find i find ways to bring up this movie all the time rrr okay tell me more okay. well it's, so have you have you heard of it have you seen it um it rings a bell but not so too much for that it's a tollywood movie um oh, okay. from india and it, it in it, it it's three hours it's this three hour long epic about these two revolutionary war heroes from from india's past who never met in real life but the movie decided that they're the best of friends um and it's and it's basically just them and it's it's to american audiences it's this ridiculous uh eastern action film with musical numbers and uh, and mm. throwing jaguars and people throwing jaguars, like that's what <laughs> that's what it is. But like to 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 people in India, like it's a revolutionary war movie. It's about how it's about how they uh, began their their um, independence from England, um, and so it's like mm. a hugely cultural, impactful film for them. And but it's also pretty freaking rad. But it took America by storm. It. Is, it was probably one of the most popular um, uh, Indian films we've ever gotten on in the states. It was in it was in sold out theaters for months. It had it was winning awards. It had a good run at the Oscars, but for some reason the Academy Awards decided not to nominate it. No, nice. and like it, it it's kind of it was really kind of cool to see that kind of groundswell support for a film not made by Amer by by or for an American audience. Um, and I, I, I hope that's not like, um, me personally, I kind of feel the same way as you. Like I'd rather be a global citizen than just an American citizen. Like I, I, I hope that's the sign of the thing of things to come to have these kind of things more accessible to us Absolutely. because so often they're not. Yeah. Um, I kind of, yeah. So I'm thinking of like, like really big films, like, um, from that, you know, from, from Tollywood and, and Bollywood, like Mr. India, the 1980s mm -hmm. movie, which which is absolutely bonkers. Crazy. It sounds like it's kind of like a, a more like up to date, modernized version of, of that. I'm going to have to check that out. It's very good. <laughs> um, it uh, uh, India's um, film industry doesn't do uh, physical media anymore after COVID. They don't think it's profitable. Mm. Uh, so it's likely not to get it. But my friend and I are kind of hoping that Criterion picks it up right yeah anyway but it's it's just just the richness just the richness of 
you know, we're, we're especially, especially us Western folk, and I'm stereotyping now, you know, mm-hmm. we like to see things in the comfort of our own home through whatever box and screen we're looking at. So we have to, we, we that's the cult, a culture a lot of us have. Uh, some of us try and break out of that. But so one way we need to kind of get th- is to bring things in through that box, bring things in yeah. through that screen, you know, and having like movies like, ah, uh, 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 you know, which sounds like a much better movie than XXX, which I did <laughs> see, you know, with Vin, Vin Diesel. Um, so, you know, and that's the way to do it. And I think we've got, yeah, it's a lot more exciting if you just take a little, uh, yeah, it's not so niche anymore, I don't think. You know, people just go, oh, look at the foreign movie titles. It used to be its own category as well. I don't know if you remember that back in the day. It it's like foreign movies. It's like, ah, no, like break them down into what they are. They're genres, you know. Yeah. So what, what would you say RR is? Is, is, it, is an action movie? You, uh, you know, honestly, it transcends genre. No, but yes. Um, no, it's <laughs> well, an action probably... movie. <laughs> yeah, so don't stick it in foreign movies. Stick it in action, you know. Yeah. Just, it's such a simple thing that can be done. But anyway, <laughs> I'll digress. Um, the other thing, the other thing you said that I wanted to bring up is that that you you kind of slyly mentioned that um, a lot of um, kind of Western politics almost is like sleepwalking to the right. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that. I found that very fascinating. Yeah, um, I, I'll try not to get on my political soapbox, uh, but um, it's yeah, fine. it's um, my podcast. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, uh, so probably probably people have guessed right now with with my pronouns and, and my voice says that I I am openly trans um and uh very proudly so and so um you know folks with certain characteristics and i do have a lot of lot of privilege you know than far a lot of people have you know i am white and i'm educated and i'm have a secure house secure job and all that kind of stuff so i am insulated by privilege to an extent but even i am feeling the kind of the hostility towards lgbtq rights in the united kingdom mm-hmm. and trans rights you know so just very recently you know the the english parliament um blocked um a bill from the scottish devolved parliament to make it easier for people for gender non-conforming folk to self-identify mm-hmm. um and that's only and that was that's only to i'm not going to go into nuances or anything like that but basically to bring it bring their law in line with what most other modern countries have got, especially like the Scandinavian countries and like a few South American countries. Like they already have this. Ireland has had it for a long time and there's been no problem since 2015. Mm -hmm. Scotland just did the same easy win kind of thing, but it got a special section, uh, section uh, 35, which is a special and it only it's its first time it's ever been used to block a bill from a devolved parliament. Interesting. So why, what, you know, why that yeah. one, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, that's just one example. Um, obviously Brexit is something I'm not even going to go into Brexit because a lot of people have heard that story. Um, so, and there's a lot of things about how voter, and I know how stuff in the United States, I say family in the United States, I know what's happening over there with the gerrymandering and the, vo- the voter suppression stuff like that, but that's happening over here as well. So for example, you have, uh, we have something over here called an Oyster card, which is basically um, a transit card. So, you know, you folks who are in California, you may have like, you know, the stuff that will get you on the, the bar and all around San Francisco or something like that. So we have Oyster for lunch, for transport for London. Mm-hmm. And if you get a special Oyster card, which gives you a discount, you get to have your face on it. You get to have your name on it. It can be an identity card. Now that the government has said that 
going forward, that is an acceptable form of ID to vote, but only if you're above a certain age. Hmm. If you have the exact same ID card and you're below that age, it is not a valid form of ID. Of course, Mm -hmm. young people on average tend to vote which way compared to the older generation tend to vote the other way. So this, the, I'm 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 not being conspiracy here, folks. You could this you can actually look at the gov website of their plan proposals for voter voter um, voter laws and vote you know getting stricter with voter fraud. You know, and you folks in the United States know, you know there is not a problem to be fixed with these kind of things. It's all about voter suppression. So these are all these are all kind of like small little things which are taking place, which means we're moving towards the kind of situation you know that europe was in 50 60 70 years ago and it's a pretty scary time and as i've said i'm insulated f- because of my privilege for that, that stuff but it's the poorest who suffer the most it's you know the real marginalized that will suffer the most there's a big pushback throughout because i'm a member of decolonizing the curriculum and with a bunch of teachers and professionals and academics to try and decolonize the curriculum here in the united kingdom and we are putting a lot of effort in and we're seeing a lot of pushback um whereas we're just seeing it as no we're we're educators we need to make sure that we're telling the right truth we're telling people's narratives we're making sure all the voices are heard that's all we're doing yeah you know but we're seeing a lot of pushback on that so yeah it's um i i would like to say it's scary but i think it's more scary for as i say the folks with less privilege than me and Right. It's not no. stopping. <laughs> now you said specifically sleep. You use the term sleepwalking, which implies mm. that this is kind of happening without uh, really. The we're, I, I guess here's my political soapbox. I don't think the left does <laughs> enough. Um, no, I, I would. Yeah, I'm politically homeless. I yeah. feel I'm politically homeless. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm progressive. I'm. I'm a liberal. I'm. I'm so far to the damn left. My mom won't even talk to me anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> That's not true. My 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 mother is also left, just not as far left as I am. Um, and so, like, I'm I'm really like radical left a lot of the times. I'm, I'm I I will I will take the radical left side of everything. Um, uh, and so, like, I obviously am 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 you know wanting to pull the right back off the ledge, but I don't think I don't think the pe- the like the people and kind of like the moderate left are doing enough and they're the ones who have the most power yeah yeah and um well the people say that the leader of the opposition here in the united kingdom is they call they they nickname him the red tory Mm. which is tory you know short for conservative Mm -hmm. so um because he's not left enough you know he's not doing enough to bring them back to the in fact he did he vote against the scottish bill or did he abstain well either way he didn't he didn't protect that scottish bill so you know and he's supposed to be on the left but um bringing it back to sci-fi of course there's a there's a a movie which is one of my favorite movies of all time which is scarily you know um and in fact andy and andy plastis and his guests in the great derelict made a very good point about this is that with with dystopian movies and sci-fi movies you can always see where there's a path of divergence it's like Oh, thank heavens we're not actually going down that route. Yeah. You know, but the movie they were talking about, one of my favorite movies of all time is Children of Men. I absolutely adore Children of Men. It is, it's depressing, it's dystopian, but it is a master, master class. It is a masterpiece. And Clive Owen, Clive Owen's one of my favorite actors. Um, 
It's just absolutely incredible. Now, that movie was set in 2027. And I'm, I do believe that I have not yet seen the path of divergence between where we are today and what the world looks like in Children of Men in 2027 with the very um, fascist approach to asylum seekers, to refugees. I mean, just this week, there was a mob in one of the cities here in the United Kingdom. There was a mob outside of a hotel where asylum seekers were being housed. Shouting, you know, get out of our country, all that kind of stuff. And the police came in, arrests were made, and stuff like that. That's that's today. That was this week. You can look that up in the news, folks. So that's what I mean by we're sleepwalking towards these kind of this kind of thing. You know, there are. I can just see us becoming such a police state, and there, and there being the SIDS. And if you've seen that movie, you'll know who I'm talking about. The the mm-hmm. guy who got spoiler, the guy who got the bat battery to the head, rightly mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, and you look at that movie now and you, you can't, you're failing to see the difference between what's going yeah. on. Today. What you're, what you kind of, what you're kind of alluding to is that eventually we're just going to all wake up and it's just going to have happened. We won't really have noticed it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, it is a case of because we're all, and this is not a bad thing folks. And if you're feeling this way, you know, I don't blame you. It's a completely valid point of view is that you, things like this happen, little things like this happen. You just think, Oh, I just need to get through the day. I need to get my kids to school. I need to get to work. I need to put food on the table. I need to do it and do, do And that's all valid and that's all right, you know, yeah. because that's what you need to do. And then everything like goes around you and just slowly slides. And then before you know it, it's gone too far. Yeah. You know, and then when it has gone too far, once again, most of the population will probably just get on with it. So and that's 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 the worrying thing for me and that's why i i you i feel the term woke both when i get accused of being woke um i don't think of it as an accusation i think of it as a badge of honor to mm-hmm. be honest um so when people tell me i'm woke or they say the new star trek is woke you mm-hmm. know or or the movies coming out is woke or the new iteration of this classic is woke you know all this kind of stuff i'm like they're not it's not woke it's shining a light and you know and telling people this is what's going on you know? I, always just, I always just look at it so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this back around to uh the topic of the, of the podcast uh in yep. a very in a very hopefully clever way um the i always Segway talk away. about i always talk about um in america uh we're having we're having a lot of issues when it comes to trans people as well they're just the mm. they're oh, just God, the yes latest scapegoat that the that our republican party is yeah. is trying to use um they're not the first scapegoat and they won't be the last scapegoat but hopefully they can survive um and so you know you always kind of think of the ad it's like you know first they came for so and so and i didn't say yep. anything and then they came for so and so and i didn't say anything um i'm jewish so like you know there's there's a lot of like um um deep-seated like genetic uh fear when it comes to seeing other people scapegoated because i'm like uh excuse me (laughs) yeah i've been here before yeah yeah um but like so like there there's so now bringing that kind of back to politics what we see so often now what we going back to fandom what we see so often now is that a lot of the more modern um iterations of long-running franchises like star trek star wars um so and so and so and so are more blatant with their political messaging mm-hmm. um and i always and i and i look at people complaining about it 
for example, we have a we have a politician named Ted Cruz. I don't know if you know him. Oh God, yes. <laughs> He's a horrible human being, and he constantly rails against Star Trek and talks about how Star Trek is woke and how blah 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 blah. And you know what? One, I don't think he's ever seen an episode of Star Trek in his life. Um, I think he's just doing it to pander. And then two, if he has, he's just mad. He woke up one day and he was the bad guy. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point of putting it. <laughs> because that's really all that just happened. These people are we, are we the baddies, right? It's really all that just happened is that these people woke up one day, realized they missed the point of the thing they were watching, and they were the bad. They were and they were the they were the bad guys in the things they were watching. That's a good point. It's a good now way of putting it. Now bringing that back to fandom, how do you feel waking up one day and realizing you were the good guy, you're the good person in these in these stories? <sighs> what a what a great question um crikey you got me there um kind of proud of that one actually that's a really good question and how do you answer that without beating blowing your own trumpet as we say over here <laughs> um, um i i've always been an empathetic person yeah. i've always been naturally liberal naturally progressive and i've sometimes to my own detriment you know i i i when i started freelancing after i finished teaching i was very bad at making money i was terrible at making money because of, i was very altruistic by nature i would be more likely to say yes i'll do that oh don't worry for this time you know whatever i was terrible i've always been that kind of person it's in my nature i've i've learned now how to make sure i can put food in the plate that's quite important and people will say no kit we'll pay you you know that you're doing a job for us um so i I always, maybe not until recently as a trans person, but as someone with my worldview, I've always seen myself within the likes of the, the you know, the Federation of the future, yeah. you know, um, and those, those, those sci-fi movies and franchises of hope, you know, of a, of a managed utopian future. I've always seen myself in that. So I get so the, I guess the answer to the question is I've always seen myself as one of the good guys. Right. Does that yeah. make any sense? Um yeah, and but what I have seen, of course, I've seen the I've seen the complexity, the different nuances, the different types of bad guys change. Oh, sure. And I've yeah. become more I've become more aware of who they really are. So I was politically apathetic um growing up. In fact, there was there was a point when I when I was able to vote for the first time, I was actually seriously considering not not voting because I was like, why would I bother? It's just mm -hmm. it's just nothing I'm interested in. Like they're all they're all the same, all that kind of stuff. Until I actually met my partner, my my wife, who was like super angry with me that I was mm -hmm. considering not voting, you know. Uh, and and she she would really convincingly made me made the point to say it doesn't matter if your candidate doesn't win, you're still expressing your right because you know and stuff like this and. You know, and and it's right. You know, the suffragette movement of you know women being able to vote and the the right to vote and stuff like that. She was absolutely spot on. So, and now, of course, coming back to your question, is that now? For, yeah, because if you don't exercise that right, you don't speak up, you don't speak on behalf of those who don't have a voice and stuff like that. Well, there's your dystopian future on its way. Yeah. So, that's probably. I guess that's the best way I can answer your question, Brandon. Uh, but basically, basically, what I was getting at was like you know Star Trek, which I, I think I think we've alluded to being both of one of our both of our primary fandoms. Oh yes, um, yes. 
you know, it teaches us various lessons. And one of the lessons is to be empathetic. It, yes. To, to look at the other person with kindness and never go into a, a, a I mean, Picard, you know, never, he, he never rose shields until they were firing back at him. Like, not really. Um, because like he wanted to give that person like, Hey, let's talk to this person first. Let's see yeah. what they're, what they're about. Let's see what they're doing. And, and that's, that ingrains in you a certain type of empathy where you're willing to learn more about the world and, and expand your worldview. And I think that makes you maybe not necessarily always a good person, but a better person. And the thing that, that Star Trek is so important to me is that it's not about a utopia. It's about constantly learning yes. how to be better. Yeah. And it really isn't a, a utopia, really. No. I mean, you know, it's, it's there are still corners of the galaxy which really suffer in that universe and but it's like one of the lines that picard says it's like um you know you could still you could make no mistakes and you can still lose you know yeah. and and things like that and um yeah and i, I you know what? i just i just thought off the top of my head i so want a bumper sticker now that says you know what would picard do <laughs> right <laughs> yeah instead of what would jesus or, or some of that i've seen in minnesota what would wellstone do um but <laughs> so um yeah, and you know it's just blown my mind as well now, Brad. I'm just thinking of the last episode of Strange New Worlds, season one of Strange New Worlds. Again, spoiler, everybody. Can you imagine if that was Picard instead of Pike? Oh man, wouldn't that have gone? It might have gone the same way with yeah. the disaster that happens towards the end of that movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that we're going. So yeah, and it's and that you you've put it, and that is absolutely spot on. And that's and I've always adored next generation for that those reasons you've just said um and and i've i've loved the new iteration of picard i mean you know it's it, it's a bit of a hard watch seasons one and two granted because you know it's it tries I, I, st I still enjoyed it i still enjoyed it you know but i still loved the premise of it i loved you know what picard was trying to do you know he was trying to care and look after for you know the this this um we found out to be an android you know mm -hmm. and then in season two like going back and reconnecting with with spoiler alert again guy and and with that cute at the very end oh my god oh, i was you know, sobbing sobbing i was at the end yeah 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 I, I i was on the floor like a big puddle and but this is the thing like i mean may may maybe going through second puberty does this to you but um the new iterations of trek i've been a mess on the puddle as a puddle on the floor like so many times you know um so you know that 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 story with q um but in season three of star trek discovery and and i don't see this as woke i see this as just representation when adira comes out as non-binary yeah um in to to stamets and colba you know and and they just off the bat just get it <laughs> you know and like i was like because i remember wishing for that affirmation for myself as well and like then hearing the story that actually the actor blue del barrio had not long come out recently had come out in real life mm -hmm. and actually they played that into the script as that they had just come out as really as non-binary in real life but they put it in the script with the consent of blue del barrio and along with they were advisors by glad with glad the charity glad in the united states Mm -hmm. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And I don't see that as woke. I see that as acceptance and representation, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. And that's, that's what I really do enjoy. And Star Trek is so, so, so good 
at being a, a lens of the world of what's going on right now. And I thought season two of Picard was quite clever in that respect, you know, because it came back into the modern day and it was saying, well, you know, this is what, you know, that this is the start of what eventually leads into the bell riots and stuff like that. And yeah, because, well, we can now go and talk about that deep space nine episode, can't we? Cause it's, like, <laughs> it's so prescient. It's so prescient. Um, and so, yeah, they know what they're doing. The, the writers of star Trek most of the time, they're very, very clever. I think, um, I think for the most part, the new shows post, um, because I think the first season of Discovery is kind of rough, um, but I think season two and on season two, I think mm. of Discovery is incredible. Um, yeah, well, Anson Mount hand, hands down. He makes everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Strange New Worlds, I love Lower Decks. I love Prodigy. Yeah. I really liked um, Picard. Season yeah, the three. kids love Prodigy. So. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, um, Picard season three is coming this week. As the time of this recording is coming in a couple of days, and I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm epically excited. So, uh, actually I spoke, I, Sean, uh, we mentioned Sean Ferrick a bit earlier. And, uh, so he's just come back from the premiere. Yeah. Um, uh, lucky, as we say, as we say over this time, lucky git. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, he's mind blown, you know, and yeah. he's, he's someone I, someone I trust, um, with his judgment and Jesse gender has said the same thing as well. And she's, She's just excited for all of us. I just can't wait. I just really can't wait because uh, that is my generation of Trek. You know, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. That was my Trek. Mine too. You know, so. when uh, the trailer first dropped at Star Trek Day, I think last year, um, in September of last year, when it first dropped, um, I was in my, I was in my, my, um, I was in my, my, my mom's house, uh, and. I just watched that trailer, that first trailer as it was premiering, and I just started sobbing uncontrollably. I was like, my family's back. I mean, they dropped so much in that first trailer. They did. So much. I mean, it's like, they. I mean, some people are saying it's a teaser. Tra- that, my God, they, that, I've never been teased so much by a trailer, you know. Yeah. But in the very first trailer, up pops Moriarty, up pops Law, and you're like, holy crap, where's this going? And the... <laughs> The Titan A is, Titan a. is immediately a, one of my favorite new designs I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it's um, um, ship porn, as you said earlier. Yeah, seriously, one hundred percent. Anyway, um, I, I'm I'm in, I'm really enjoying this, but we should probably get back to a little bit of a structure here, um, <laughs> which it, which is just to say, um, I'm always curious about how people interact with fandoms. Um, how so before and after? I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually condense a little bit because we're we're kind of running up on time here. Sure. Um, but I, I just want to condense the the questions I normally ask before and after you uh, you got your podcast. Is there any difference between how you interact with your fandom prior to the podcast when you were a kid, mm. even, or and and then after? Uh, wow. You know. Yeah. Okay. So when I was growing up, so very quickly, the the, the way that I interacted with the fandom a lot uh, mostly was through physical items. Um, you may remember the the old Star Trek card game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, you know, you collect them, and then you had either a ship or a character, and it had their traits and the and the num, you know, and then you would do go on missions and stuff like that, and you could trade with them and stuff like that. So it was very physical, it was very in person, you know, the kind of, of course, we're we're in the we're the generation where the internet came, you know, pretty much when we were in school, and then mm-hmm. and then the and then then we had like chat rooms stuff. Like that. I didn't really interact 
in chat rooms stuff like that it was all physical stuff like that and actually going to the movies and then chatting about it you know and stuff like that um collecting things like i've got collectibles so somewhere around here oh, i can't find it now but i've got a, a pizza hut mug of you know with the enterprise on top of it and you know the little um the little matchbox so i've got here the excelsior oh so, yeah so that you know the, the micro machines that was it the micro machines models that's actually um, no bigger than my excelsior which is the eagle moss excelsior here yeah no sorry this is the enterprise b not the excelsior Same yeah, class. This is the... <laughs> so you know so that was so the, but then since <clears throat> but i think covid as we know was a big big disruptor and it was yes. a big accelerator of what was coming anyway and that was the what we're doing right now you know talking you know we probably wouldn't have done this or it wouldn't be as common before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the fandom has been very active on social media. Um, so I mentioned Trek Culture. Or what I love, you know, when the when they do their live broadcasts in Trek Culture, so like their ups and downs and stuff like that, you know, I would be engaging in the chat and talking to people that way as well, like that. And you get to you get to know folks as well through through that kind of fandom and just just doing that. And then going to cons i mean i don't go to cons that often as much as i as i would like um but you know as i say the one i went to very recently is up here in a city called norwich this is the nearest city to me uh so we went to norcon and i dressed up as nurse chapel from stranger wells the first day and then i dressed up as black widow on the second day and say was hanging out with andy and other folk up there and just just nerding out um so yeah but a lot of it is definitely online now and chat rooms and like talking about things and just sharing anecdotes and theories and yeah so and it's quite nice actually and being on yeah. jesse gender's discord you know it's uh yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of way it goes for me now uh real quickly you mentioned nurse chapel by the way love what strange <laughs> worlds did with Tra- with nurse chapel i think that's wonderful oh my god yes i'm so gay um, for nurse chapel <laughs> um she, she i didn't like the character in the original series and i'm like in love with her in the new show but um one of the things i think is really important and I talk about this a lot on this, on this podcast, and I'm, in, and I'm curious about uh, to get your opinion on this, as I am everyone's. Um, I, I think having a fandom safe space is incredibly important because mm-hmm. there is so much, and we've talked about it with a with a political talk a little while, a little bit ago, just on this on this episode. There is so much toxicity when it comes to fandom. People are are railing against the new Star Trek shows. If you like these new shows, you are not a real fan because it's too woke, you know, things like that. And it's yeah. insufferable. Yes, um, it is. And just still, do you, do you think it is, it is important to, because you talk about Jesse Gender's um, uh, 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 Discord and the uh, Trek culture chat rooms. Would you say those are like your safe spaces and that you value those more than just kind of like an open forum? Oh, 100%. 100%. Because... Because there's there's new there's nuances and, and aspects that folks in those arenas get. So, for example, when in Jesse Gender's Discord, you know, when when you when you're you're talking about how something may relate to your trans identity, you know, or, you know, there are a lot of people in that room that understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, we're 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 small in number. You know, we're 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 naught point something percent of any population. So to have that place where we can all gather together and just be our identity first and foremost is nerds and geeks you know and then we're bringing in our lived experiences as in this is this is it's it's yeah it's it's that is where you're right that is where our safe space are but you know just the, the genuine fans you know who live by the true you know 
mantra of idic you know infinite diversity and infinite combination you know you'll always find a safe space for people who truly live to that mantra um so so it's it's a safe flag we have a shirt uh, on our on our T public. I don't mind. I don't mind. I normally don't do this, but like I don't mind saying it here because it kind of it kind of relates. I have a I designed a shirt for our T public, which is which says I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but my my our mothership show is called the Fake Nerd Podcast. Yep. Um, and I I prefer I like that to be like a safe space for people. Um, to come to and and you know find kind of a more positive look on fandom. That's kind of our mantra. We want this to be more positive than than the average show on 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 YouTube or Instagram or wherever. And I I thought about this a lot because like I I noticed that a lot of people use they weaponize the term true fan. Mm. Um, like you're not a true fan if you don't like this 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 and this. This is woke. So you're not a true fan if you don't like this. So I. I don't like that term. I don't, it's I gate, really, it's don't. gatekeeping. It's gatekeeping. It really, it's 100% gatekeeping. And so like, I often say like, well, I'm not a true fan. I'm a fake nerd. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's a good, that's a good count of ants. I love it. Yeah. That's I just, I just, I can't stand gatekeeping. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense to me. It's no, like, it doesn't. There's that. That was what I talked about earlier about the empathy. I just, it just doesn't compute in my brain. You right. know, why, why you gatekeep? Why do you want to like? Why why don't you want someone to come into your fandom? Like why exactly? Why why, why is that so wrong? If it brings you joy, doesn't it make sense to allow other people to feel joy for the thing that brings you joy? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. It's maddening <laughs> to try to think about the 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 mindset of someone who just wants to make their lives miserable. I know. Um, I uh, want one more question out of you if I can get if I can get it. Go ahead. Um, your podcast. Why did you decide to start your podcast? Um, I was feeling quite lowly through COVID, uh, yeah. <laughs> but mostly. But um, I have, the, the, I want to give a shout out to the, the the geography teacher community here in the United Kingdom uh, and and globally because um, th- you were talked about safe spaces. They have been amazing. Like a when I left teaching, they. St- they didn't cast me out and say, well, you're not a teacher, a frontline teacher. You're not a chalk face teacher anymore, Kit. You know, we don't listen to you anymore. Mm-hmm. So no, that was, I'm still a geographer. I'm still a geography geek. So um, they still felt I had something to offer to the community. Um, and, you know, I one of the first public events I came out to, I came out as, and I was presenting as, as my true identity as trans was actually a geography teachers conference, like mm-hmm. a, the, one of the main conferences here. And like everybody was just so lovely, just so lovely, They're like and so brilliant. And they've protected me, they've nurtured me, they've they've boosted me when I've you know in stuff like that. And so I thought, okay, it's COVID, we're missing everybody, we're not doing these conferences anymore. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start this podcast. I'll get some of these people in from the geography teacher community. We'll have a chat. You know, it really was just a chat. Mm-hmm. We'll put it out there. Eh, if it. It's, it's not really about the the listens it's just about me having a chat and just catching up with people and it's like oh we really like that it's really good we you know it's making us connect again i was like okay i'll keep doing it then and so i ended up yeah. with a second season now i'm on the third season um in fact one of the one of the episodes i did was the last geographical association conference actually where i, I took some portable recording equipment and i did a special episode at the conference That's cool. um 
yeah and i did that whole thing where you do a live record and i go hey welcome to the coffee trophy podcast everyone goes yeah i was like i always <laughs> want to do that so yeah so that's basically it i just just something for the community i wanted to give back to the community have a chat put something out there and it's well it's got over six five to six thousand unique downloads now um which wow. is mind-boggling since just for something that was a hobby and for someone who just talks too much I mean that's the that's the that's the mark of a good podcaster. Oh, so <laughs> <Okay>. good. <laughs> um, well, that's all I got for you. Oh, uh, and okay. we, we did run up a little bit of the time. I promise. I'm so I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. Uh, um, why don't you take the time now to plug your podcast, plug your socials, plug anything you want? Sure. Uh, yeah. So you can find me on almost any social media platform at Geogramblings. That's G E O G and Ramblings because I like hiking and I talk too much. Uh, so it works. Um, so, and my website is geogramblings.com. So you can find all my work on there. And if you love geography and everything's about the planet and commentary, go check that out. And my podcast is Coffee and Geography, and it's on pretty much any podcast catcher that you have so just search for coffee and geography with an ampersand rather than the word and and you'll find it excellent well thank you so much this was a lot of fun i hope you had a good time i really appreciate I you certainly being did this. oh thank um, you so much for having me brandon of course uh and oh actually you know thank you for having me <laughs> yeah um, it was a coffee and geography mashup <laughs> yeah for sure uh well anyway thank you again so much and i'll just have my my future self play us out Thank you very much, past me. Boy, far past me, much more naive past me. You were such a sweet summer child. Um, but yes, thank you so much, uh, uh, Kit Marie Rackley, once again, for uh, being on the show, being here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope Kit really enjoyed the final product. I, I know I've said it, I've sat on this for a long time, but, you know, it's here, and uh, it's, I think it's really good, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Her, her socials are... In the description below, uh, Geogra Ramblings. I think I pronounced that right. It's uh, it's linked below. Uh, it's uh, .com and, and Twitters and whatnot. Uh, so please uh, follow them. Uh, listen to their podcast. Uh, what, whatever you want to do. Um, well worth it. Well, uh, great discussions. I think you guys will enjoy those. But this last part, I'm going off script. So uh, now that I've introduce my guest i'm going to tell you guys uh what's been going on so uh if you are not privy to if this is the only podcast you listen to on the fakener podcast family podcast um well for the most part that's gone uh we we ended the fakener podcast uh recently uh which was um kind of a sudden decision but also something that's probably been needed for quite some time and to say that i'm conflicted about it would yeah, the understatement of the year. Uh, God, I mean, I've been working on this podcast network for almost eight years. I thought it was seven. Um, my co-host Sparks uh, reminded me that we had already done our seventh anniversary, so it's almost eight years. Uh, it would be eight years in June. And God bless him. Like, he's so optimistic about, like, oh, we'll come back to do more. And, like, in fairness, like, there are plans to keep a couple shows going. Uh, Baseball Arcade Pause Menu will continue. That's Ben's uh, major show that, that he'll do. Um, uh, once things are kind of more settled with uh, Sparks' new kid, um, uh, we'll probably return to do the real score. Uh, I'd really like to return to that one because we kind of found a groove there. I don't know what else will come back uh, outside of that. 
I mean, guys, I'm in a weird place. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, uh, in August, I lost Kaiju Ramen, which was something I put in so much effort into. And now I've lost Fakedown Podcast. And it was my fault. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this was coming. It was This was 100% my fault. Um, and it will, you know, you kind of reap what you sow kind of situation. So there's a few things uh, in that network that you guys, if you guys want to check out the Fakedown Podcast um uh, website will be up for the time being the socials the t public uh those will be up for the for for the most part uh for as long as we can justify keeping them up and i hope you guys will check those out you know maybe now is the time to buy that merch you've been thinking about um i know probably our merch isn't like the top list top of your priority list but hey you know help out and uh, i would love to see people kind of take a memento or something um i'm sad i'm really sad about this like it's it's rough it's really rough, and that's been holding me back from getting back to conversation. Um, I don't know what the future of conversation will be. I will finish this season, season two. It's been going on for far too long. Uh, after this, two more episodes. But after that, I really got to, like, a lot of the genesis of conversation came from feelings I've been having about Fickner Podcast and uh, my place in on that show and kind of being like do I even like putting my opinion out into the ether do I like shaping my opinion in a public space you know the point of Fickner podcast was that we would we were friends discussing things that we were passionate about but uh, somewhere along the way we lost that and I don't know if I if I want to get back to that I don't know if I want to put myself out there in a public forum again i don't know a lot of people want me to continue conversation uh and i'm not just saying that to seem uh more popular than i am i i know who listens i know how many people listen to the show I'm, i have no qualms about it that was never about the the numbers or the fame or whatever but people do want me to continue the show so i probably will i just gotta take a moment reassess you know i'm i'm like rewiring my brain chemistry because when I watch TV now when I watch TV for years now I've always been like oh uh how do I make this how do I make content out of this how do I put this on the podcast how do I how do I get my friends to watch it so that we can talk about it on the podcast or how do how can I explain it to them on the podcast um and that's probably why they stopped listening to me you know, for we have the section on, on the podcast. This one, this is part of the reason why I think I felt so burnt out, which I mentioned in the last episode. Part of the reason why um, I felt so burnt out was because we have this section, this nonsense section of we would, you know, tell each other what we did in the week, you know, what we watched, what we read, what we did. And we would, and that was really fun for me because I get to tell people, hey, I watched this and I really liked that, or I watched this and I really didn't like that and and that was that and somewhere along the way we all just stopped listening to each other you know I'd be like hey I watched this is a bad example because I know Sparks just watched this show but it's on, it's in my mind it's on my mind uh, I just watched Skull Island and again this is a bad example because this is kind of exempt to the example that I'm giving but like for example I just watched Skull Island and I really liked it and I I really like this aspect of it and it was really surprising and I would look at the screen of my friends because again we did this virtually and there's just no recognition just 
glassy-eyed. They were just not interested in what I had to say. And that hurt because we lost that idea of we're friends sitting around a table talking about things we like. And I think a lot of that had to do with when we moved permanently to virtual recordings. You know, it's so much easier to tune out a screen on your computer than it is a person who's right next to you. Not to say you can't do that, uh, but I think that, you know, that also hurt me because, like, I've got so many distractions in my office and I can... And, and it's not like I'm doing an interview, like an interview, that's fine, you know, one-on-one interview, but there is one-on-one in general, but there are four of us and doing it virtually really, really started to wear on me. You know, it sucks because like you're talking to your best friends in the world about things that you're excited about and you know, or you feel like there's just no recognition about, there's just no interest in what you have to say. They're just completely like waiting for you. They're just waiting for you to be done talking so that they can move on. And then well, after that, you just turn off your computer and you go downstairs and you watch more TV. Like that's depressing. Eight years though. That's a hell of a run for a podcast. One that made no money. Maybe five people watched at one time. I'm not ungrateful for that. And I shouldn't use this as my own therapy. But hey. This, look, this is what happened. Podcast is over. My friends are pretty optimistic that it'll come back. I don't know if I share their optimism. Um, I, I know that uh, not everything is going away. Like I said, Base Market Posman, you will continue. Ben excitedly has just told us that he's recorded his first new episode of the year. That's exciting. But the point that I'm getting to with all this ridiculous ramblings is that I don't know what I'm going to do. I have two more episodes of this podcast, a conversation. I'm very excited for those two episodes. But after that, well, maybe I'll try guesting on some of my friends' podcasts. Uh, I would love to talk to Rachel Strange again. Or, uh, like I said, Al Larson has invited me onto his podcast. Mark Reed. Andy Pelacides. And, you know, in fairness, there's still people I want to talk to in, on conversation. I would love to talk to Jesse Gender. Uh, the Weekly Planet guys are still on my bucket list. With time... I think it'll be easier. Hey, look, I've taken months, a month, I've taken months break between breaks between episodes. So imagine how long a season will take to, to produce. So I can't guarantee there will be a third season. People want it. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I was never cut out to be a podcaster. Too thin skinned. Comments online don't necessarily bother me, but I get heated really easily. I get triggered really easily. And you know, it, that's not good for being in a public space. Like, you know, if you're, if you're like me, my grandmother used to say made of marshmallows and whipped cream. You know, you want to be insular, stuck inside of a bubble so that you're protected from the world. Maybe I just don't have anything to say anymore. I'll miss it. I'll miss what it was. For now, the Fickner Podcast website is up, which means my blog is still up, bitching about nothing, um, where I'm posting a lot of stuff from Kaiju Ramen right now. Uh, Kaiju Ramen no longer with us. Uh, so if you want to check out some of the pieces that I wrote for them, uh, they are all on my blog uh, as of uh, today or tomorrow when this is released. Um, so check those out. I worked really hard on, on, on Kaiju Ramen, and it's, and it's just once again one of those projects that I'm really sad to lose. Uh, but hopefully i will kind of get through this and be writing for atomic geekdom again you know that will probably be my 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 main source of creative outlet uh for in the future uh but again you'll see all those on my blog um so stay so you know look for me look for me on the internet um i'll, I'll i will definitely be active when i post things on atomic geekdom whenever it happens all right well that should be it I think I've adequately explained everything unscripted. Uh, I don't know if you could tell it was unscripted, but um, 
yeah that's look that's what's been going on that's my headspace that's the what the potential future will bring the immediate future is that uh there are still two episodes of conversation uh in the bank uh so to be released so um hopefully i will get those out as soon as i can um they're good episodes they're fun episodes i hope you guys enjoy them the t public is still up you know check out our t public if you want a conversation logo shirt that'd be really cool of you um if you want to send me a letter uh saying how much you like conversation if you want to rate and review um that's all there that's all in your half of podcast stuff that's conversation pod at gmail.com um the Fickner podcast socials are still up so those would be kind of like uh transitioning to like updates for what is still active in the Fickner podcast family podcast while we figure out uh whether or not uh, the family even still exists maybe ben wants to take basement okay pause menu out of the network which is totally within his rights maybe i want to take conversation out of this out of the network if i continue it uh we'll see um but until now i cannot guarantee a season three of conversation but i can guarantee the last two episodes of season two um so hey rate and review give us a five star on your podcatcher of choice i'd, I'd really appreciate it um hell I'd, i'll take a letter thank you for your support thank you for waiting for every episode and i'm sorry that the delays the gaps between episodes have gotten so long. I, I'm, I'm glad that people listen to the show. I'm glad people like it. I'm glad people tell me they like it. It means a lot. I put a lot of work into conversation. I love it dearly. As I said, two episodes left of the season. Uh, another episode I recorded a long time ago, but the next one will be my, my I guess, former co-host of the Victor Podcast. Uh, Ryan Eliopoulos. I guess I can say former. I'm not sure if I should. Because technically he's co-host. My friend, Ryan Eliopoulos. That was a fun conversation. Conversation. Eh. Sure. That was a fun one to record. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I will play you guys a clip now. I'm not going to say it became more important, but it being there was was really like, I guess, sure. I, it was really nice because yeah. like, you know, again, like uh, uh, in being in the digital age, that also just means that like I could my uh, the availability of shows and movies and like new games to play and stuff like like uh, uh, became available to me. So like, I guess so. Sure. Because like I'm always someone. Like when Netflix came around, like with the DVDs, I was someone who like I I got the maximum. Give me like two or three DVDs. Like I was mm-hmm. renting so much stuff. Like I wanna I wanna watch as much as possible. Uh, I love seeing things that I've never seen before. I'm someone who who doesn't rewatch things that often, unless mm-hmm. it's usually for the podcast or like I'm watching it with friends or family. Because I instead of seeing something I know what's gonna happen, I would always rather see something new to like you know take in a new piece of art uh so with the with the vibe of the internet and the rise of like the digital age like uh uh i watched yeah i watched i've seen man i've seen way too many movies all right guys until next time stay true to the family name